0: Welcome to Behind the Brands. So you found us, (laughs) well done you. Our little podcast, all about the fashion industry. Let me just tell you about the host and the creator of this podcast. The guy's from the UK and his name is Warren Parker Mills. Warren's literally worked with some of the best people in the business and met some incredible brands along the way. Now he feels it's time to kind of do things a little differently. He'll be catching up with amazing storytellers from across the globe as they share some of those unwritten secrets that they've managed to figure out for themselves. From brands you'll recognize to small artisan creators that have mastered their craft. You'll hear about their collections, sales, and their ongoing quest for sustainability. So if you're an aspiring designer, an influencer, or just a massive fan of listening to Fascinating Conversation, stay right where you are.
1: hey thanks for joining me and welcome to another episode of behind the brands podcast if you are new, welcome. How are you doing? My name is Warren and I'm the host of the show. And I'm going to be talking to incredible brand owners and industry professionals about their brands and about their lives and about their business and kind of see things on the other side of the swing ticket, as we like to say. And in today's show, I've got a brilliant guest. Her name is Abby and she's the creator of a brand called Vintage Apps. Fascinating chat. And um, I hope you enjoy it. Stick around and I'll see you at the other side. Hey Abby, how are you today? Are you well?
2: Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Very excited to be on the podcast. It's my first podcast, so very exciting.
1: (laughs) Perfect, excellent. Well, welcome. Um, I wanted to get you on because I've known a little bit about your business. We kind of, although we've not met in person, I know you through a mutual friend and um, she's been raving about you for gosh a couple of years now and I'm like "Mm, okay I'll check her out so obviously (laughs) I I kind of checked you out on social and saw what you were doing and and following you religiously there and uh, yeah I think you're doing amazing stuff I think it'd be brilliant if you could share with the listeners a little bit about your business which is obviously Vintage Abs and um, a bit more detail about who you are and how you started and where you're at now and more importantly how you're going to take the business forward so do you want to tell us a little bit about how you started Abby?
2: Yeah, of course. So Vintage Abs has officially uh, been running for about three years. So we set up officially in 2017. Um, But I've always had an interest in fashion and particularly vintage fashion. I used to go into the charity shops and boot sales from the age of about 13. Um, I used to go around them with my mum. Uh, I used to look for kind of like 80s and 90s, sort of, you know, like the oversized um, jackets and really yeah. loud print shirts. And, um, and then I used to pop them on eBay. I used to get my mum to take photos of me in the garden. We used to do a little like mini photo shoot. Um and then yeah pop them on ebay and things just used to sell really quickly um Mm -hmm. and yeah we used to hunt in charity shops around western as you know there's lots to pick from in western (laughs) (laughs) it's like charity shop central so yeah and then i made an instagram account um and from there got scouted someone from asos marketplace messaged me and said i absolutely love what you're doing um She thought the kind of photography was really creative and the product was good and uh, the way I used to market the products was was good. So she said, we'd love you to come on ASOS Marketplace and have your own boutique. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. At this point, I'm still not thinking it's going to be sort of a full time business. And from there, when I went on to ASOS Marketplace, I was on there for about a month and I thought, oh, I can do this full time. Wow yeah. okay
1: okay. <laughs> so when you were shopping with your mum then, I mean, was growing up as a kid, were you always I mean obviously you were into that kind of look, that vintage look. Is that is is that inspired by your mum or or you got any siblings or how, what made you get into that kind of groove, you know, that niche?
2: Um I think it was just kind of growing up and um just I was always really into fashion and like I worked in Topshop as a, I was growing up. And Mm. I used to just find that everything, and even now in all the shops, everything's just like, it looks vintage. It's like everything's fashion is just circular and it all just comes back around. And I think um, even stuff that I was selling in Topshop, I used to look at it and be like, that looks vintage.
1: So, okay, so you went into the charity shops and you were looking at product, which is great. So you were with your mum. Have you got any brothers or sisters or what made you get into that kind of look? Is that is that something you've always been interested? Should you, and what I'm trying to say is here, should you have been born in the 70s or the 80s?
2: Oh, wow. I would have loved to, I would have been loved to be born in the 70s and then grow up through the 80s
1: because I just, <laughs> I'm obsessed
2: with 80s fashion. I just <laughs> love like, um... Oversized, anything oversized. I love high waisted um, shoulder pads. I just love, <laughs> love that look. I don't really know. Like, obviously, growing up, my mum and dad didn't wear that because they look at the, those clothes now and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe you sell this stuff." It like my mum's like, "This is repulsive," and I'm just like, "I love it. I absolutely love it." But they just look at it as like lo- what they used to wear, and they're just like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe people pay money for this." Um, <laughs> But yeah, I just think um, I've just always kind of loved, yeah, 80s particularly, that that kind of era of fashion,
1: yeah. Amazing. I mean, you're right, it all does kind of go in a a circular motion, doesn't it? Things come in and influences come out. And if you look at other retailers on the high street, you know, whether it's Urban Outfitters or those types of guys, you know, they've all got a very distinctive look and you have with your business and that's really important. And I think that's something we can touch on a little bit later in the show, you know, how you've kind of created this need for, from your customers for that particular product, because you're hitting it every time on point, which is amazing, you know? So, um yeah huge respect for you for Thank that. You. So <laughs> tell me uh, so you went around the charity shops, you looked at mm. what you were doing there, you bought product, you put it on eBay and then and then what happened? Just explain what happened then.
2: So I put it on eBay and then I just did like a buy it now so I didn't do the sort of like um auction um and yeah, I just got a few sales and I was just mm. like wow and then I found Depop which was really cool and oh god I don't even remember what year I went on Depop but it was amazing because it was more interactive that platform where people would message you and it was just more of a uh what how would I say it more of a community actually on on Depop and um the people that run Depop or um like the employees or whatever, they were just a massive support to me as well. They used to like feature me on their pet like they have like an explore page, they would uh, feature mm. me on there. And um yeah, that was just a really good platform for me. Uh that kind of overtook the eBay actually. Um, because mm. I think with eBay, people do want to get things for like next to nothing. So yeah, Depop yeah. was a kind of better step for me um because you could put you could kind of charge a higher price for things
1: Hmm. yeah and what happened then what happened after depop
2: that's when i got scouted because i i put um i i made an instagram and from that i got scouted because um they saw that i was on depop as well so
1: right yeah so who scouted you
2: um her name I think her name was Katie and she was from ASOS Marketplace she worked I think I don't know if she still works there but she did at the time work for ASOS Marketplace and I think her job was to literally find people whether it was on Instagram Depop yeah
1: oh it'd be so cool to kind of connect with her wouldn't it yeah I mean I'm not
2: in contact with her really I mean I just got scouted by her and then kind of didn't really have much of a relationship with her after that which is strange really
1: um yeah but well we should we should try and we should try i don't know if we can but maybe she listens to this podcast and she goes oh my god i remember that yeah i have to try and and do
2: some uh, um, research and see if i can find her on insta
1: yeah that would be so cool yeah that really would be cool okay so you went from ebay to depot and then to asos and then What was it that you just, what was the, was there any particular point, like a real catalyst where you just went bang and it just kind of, it just resonated and you thought, right, I need to start a business now and I need to really do this properly.
2: I think it's when I started to get international orders. That's when I was like, whoa, I think the first one I got was to like New York and I was like, what? My jaw jaw dropped to the ground. I was like, little old me that lives in Western that's going around (laughs) the charity shops has just made a sale to New York you know and that is just mind-blowing but then you know it took me about a month on ASOS and then the orders started to go a bit crazy and I was like mum we Mm -hmm. need to get out we need to go to more charity shops we need to go to different places you know we need to be you know going to boot sales every week we really need to be pushing this we need to get as much stock and I remember going into charity shops and just buying so much and like the people in the charity shops used to know me and go oh she's gonna she's gonna spend a load she's gonna spend a load and I used to just have heaps like I would have no like hands left I'd have so much on me um and I'd take it to the till and my mum would have her hands full as well and um but then again it wasn't always like that as well sometimes you'd go to the charity shops and there'd be nothing I always I always used to find that you'd either go and there'd be so much or there'd be nothing um,
1: yeah was it was there a specific day that you'd go in that you knew you were going to get a load of deliveries or or they were going to get a load of deliveries or was it just you just, go just in ad going just hoc?
2: going ad hoc really yeah, yeah yeah
1: and who were you buying for did you have a customer in mind even at that point because obviously your business has kind of matured now over the last few years and I'm, I, I'm sure and again we can discuss this a little bit later but I'm sure you see product now and you go yeah no yeah no no that's gonna work that's gonna be a flyer that's not gonna work so did you have do you think you have that looking back in hindsight do you think you had that then at that point and you were going I'm kind of working out who my girl is yeah so
2: actually back then I used to do more true vintage um and as you probably can see we do kind of later now and obviously we concentrate on Mm. the reworked but yeah then it was more kind of like 70s and 80s um yeah. and we we were just theme uh, women's wear there then as well.
1: So who's your perfect customer? Who would you say who's your perfect customer now?
2: Um a perfect customer is a repeat customer, I guess. <laughs> that's why you
1: are. What a great answer! That's the best answer I've heard. Like, well, <laughs> but I mean, uh, geographically, I mean, is it, are you, most of your business in the UK, or obviously you mentioned New York earlier? Is is what about those international sales?
2: Actually, I'd yeah. say probably half of our orders go to USA, which is wow, crazy. Okay, it's just obviously good. it's so vast, and a lot of people mm. don't have access to go to a shopping mall, or you know, so. You know, they're in the middle of nowhere. So I guess online shopping is, especially to shop sustainably as well.
1: Yeah. Do you think there's also a a thought of, from an American consumer, thinking, I'm going to get it from the UK, because they kind of know what they're doing with regards to fashion. Do you think there's an element of that? I've never thought
2: about that, you know. But maybe, maybe.
1: Or maybe it's just you've got a great product and a great eye. Yeah. That's cool. All right. I want to talk a little bit, Abby, about your, obviously, how old I don't even know how old are you How old I'm you 24 know? okay so you're you're a, youngster <laughs> you're a youngster in my eyes you're probably no. not yours but you are in mine and I mean it's amazing what you're doing and, and how you're Thank operating you. at, at that age um but what about your friends I mean have they how are they have they reacted to the way that you've built the business up have you um you know when when you meet somebody new do and they say what do you do how what's what's your line back how do you explain what you do for a living i just
2: say that i buy and sell vintage <laughs> okay. i'm probably like i probably underplay it a little bit i don't know like i i don't know my friends are the most supportive i've got quite a uh, small circle of friends but they're the most supportive yeah. people and they've i can i can honestly say this i couldn't have done this without my friends um Amazing. I've got one of my yeah. really close friends. Ella is my model. Um, I had a friend, uh, my friend Megan. She came to my office the other day because I was really stressed and was just helping me out with all my emails. Like, I'm just so, mm. so lucky with with the support unit I've got around me.
1: Yeah, you've yeah. got a good network, which yeah. is great. I mean, every every business needs that. You know, they rely on the people that are close yeah. to them. Yeah. So that's really cool. And what's an average, uh, can you take us through an average day in the life of vintage abs then? So what, what happens with regards to, you know, when you go in the office, how do you get your stock? What happens with the stock and how is it kind of reworked? Right,
2: okay. So I'll talk through um, kind of our workforce because that's probably the easiest place to start so we've got um two seamstresses and obviously uh because of the current situation um they're both working from home which kind of works well um and I also have my lovely mum who works for me every day which is absolutely lovely yeah (laughs) um so my mum will come pick me up in the morning because I do not drive (laughs) failed my test about six times (laughs) (laughs) so yeah mum comes to pick me up in the morning we get into the office um if we've had a delivery we'll start hanging that up tagging it steaming it um I will start uh photographing stocks I like to do that in the morning so I can get it on for a certain time uh, we normally do stock yeah. drops at about six p m so I put it all online and then I just can click a button when the stock drop um hits, so for example six p m um and then my mum will start doing the postage because I do not like doing that, so she'll mm. she'll um wrap all the parcels up um put all the custom labels on them, weigh them all, you know put them all through um and then I'll do marketing, so I kind of stick to all of that side of things, you know putting the products on the marketing i do all the customer service and then she does more of the practical things um so yeah
1: wow there's a lot to do there isn't there you know from getting the stock and and obviously your seamstresses are are kind of chunking away and and moving things through so to anyone that hasn't visited your your platform or your instagram post so let me get this right you are buying one of your products and then you're reworking them and then obviously you're just selling them and once they've gone they've gone so it is a matter of kind of getting and that that six o'clock thing is really really interesting actually so you your audience know that you're posting those particular items at the same time so there's a regularity yeah. there so how quickly are you moving that stock because you know and we, again we're going to talk a little bit about your audience and, and how you built up your, your, your kind of social media yeah. organically but how how quickly do you move the stock I mean does it go I mean tell me how it is it crazy
2: so we'll put um a stock drop on and funny enough the things that we like if we're putting a delivery out we'll spot the things that are going to fly me and my mum And we always mm. joke like that'll be gone in like five minutes. That'll be gone in 10 minutes. Wow. So yeah, we can just kind of pick out the things that we know are going to go. But yeah, as soon as we have a stock drop, it's just crazy. Things sell really, really quickly. Um, the like you mm. said, the turnaround of the stock is just super, super quick. Um, mm. but yeah, I think it is that kind of, because you know, there's only one, one of this, you need to get it. If Mm -hmm. you don't get it, that's it. It's gone. (laughs) It sounds dramatic, but that is, that is it. Like you will not get that again. So yeah.
1: Amazing. That's really cool. And what about scaling that though, Abby, and further down the line? Because, you know, it sounds as if like every business and every, you know, relatively new business, you know, I mean, I'm sure we've got people that have got a very similar type mm. of business to you that are listening to the podcast, you know, and they have reached the point or they are potentially reaching the point where they're starting to get more traction. They're getting a bigger audience. They're starting to move more stock through their business. Um how are you going to kind of scale that up? How are you going to work on kind of refining the machine? Or or is that something that you don't want to do? You know, you're quite happy in the way that you are.
2: Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm battling with right now. Um, we've got two, like I said earlier, we've got two seamstresses. Um, and, you know, the easiest way to uh, expand is to have more people on board because, you know, they've only got two two hands. <laughs> so they can only do as much as they can do um so for us to because we can get more product that's the thing we can get more product to rework um right now we've got a big big backlog of stuff do you know what i mean so Mm. that's the um the kind of most simplest way we will expand by just having more seamstresses and more people uh reworking um one thing we're trying to do at the moment is to get a bigger premises which has proven to be so difficult yeah, we've been trying to do that for like the last six months, but it's just a nightmare at the moment. Um Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what about the different types of brands that you get through? Are there any particular standout brands that I mean you mentioned earlier about things that come in and your mum and you look at it and go, Yep, yeah, that's gonna fly. And um, but is there any particular brands that people are kind of really, really buying into now? Or when you get them you just think they're just gonna be yeah. amazing? So
2: uh, your American brands, Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfiger, are probably our biggest sellers. Yeah. Um, Lacoste yeah. is a big seller, um, okay. and your Nike yeah. and Adidas, um, yeah. But Ralph Lauren is our top seller.
1: <laughs> okay, because you've got a, again the application and the way that you re-engineer these products is quite is becoming quite distinctive yeah. you know I've looked at this this whole bardo thing that yeah you've got going on at the moment which I'm sure is working really well for you because again from a product's perspective when I looked at that regardless to you and knowing a little bit about your business and everything else it just looks a really yeah, good product yeah it is yeah um and is is that coming through are you finding the, the yeah, demands yeah we there?
2: sell out of those as soon as we put them on <laughs> it's <Nice>. yeah okay. <laughs> it's it is a lovely product I think especially with like the matching scrunchie yeah yeah, we've had really good feedback from the bardo crops that's what we're just trying to do at the moment as well get as many sort of designs new designs to keep the excitement going mm. because you know it can get stale you know if you're just doing the same thing um you need to just constantly be thinking of the kind of next product that you think is going to sell well um we've been really sitting down and trying to trying to come up with some new exciting designs
1: um Mm. yeah yeah I mean keeping your audience engaged I suppose is the challenge isn't it you know when you're doing that when you're doing that as a a relatively small team and and trying to come up with the new ideas do you get much feedback from your audience are they quite vocal in in what they want oh that's so that's so
2: amazing our customers are brilliant like for example the other day we do um these cohorts. so we'll get like an uh, XL men's Ralph Lauren top and we'll cut it up but so we'll create a co-ord out of it so a top and a skirt um and the other yeah. day someone messaged me and said oh like I really like these but I wouldn't wear a skirt so uh would you be able to make one with shorts and I think they'd sell really well and I thought oh yeah that's yeah. brilliant you know so Julie one of my seamstresses made one the other day and it was absolutely gorgeous and I thought oh these are going to sell Mm. so well so that's it's kind of like you've got your own focus group when they're kind of telling you and giving suggesting ideas to you um
1: and you do all that communication yourself so you you'd literally just kind of text them by direct message everything else I've got a question for you what's your favorite emoji then (laughs) because no doubt the
2: recycle emoji (laughs)
1: I thought it would be that one. I knew it would be that. Absolutely knew it would be that one. I use that all the time. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about this audience, because one of the things that is pretty outstanding, and I I have had a a conversation with you previously, and you explained that your complete kind of growth on, on Instagram especially has been obviously through... Just your, your audience, your fans, your lovers, the, the people that are buying into your stock. And and how have you managed to do that? How have you, other than great products, how have you managed to balance and and get that growth? I mean, you've got nigh on nearly 120,000 followers mm. now on Instagram. So how have you managed to do that, Abby? That's the question most people, I think, might yeah. be listening to this are going to so, ask. So
2: it's only really taken <laughs> off within the last, I'd say, eight months um, and I've had the Instagram for about five years now. Um, but it's when I started to do flat lays. Um, so kind of putting products on the floor in outfits. Yeah. And they just started to go crazy. I remember I, I remember when I did the first flat lay um, and I put like a crop top with a pair of mom jeans with uh, Doc Martens that looked amazing and a pair of sunglasses and a bag. And I put the post on and I kind of went downstairs and did something and I came back upstairs and I'd got like 800 likes on this photo and I was like (laughs) what What, what's going on so it Mm. was just that kind of post that really kind of um I don't know resonated with people and they just loved really Mm. liked it and then from then I was like okay I'm gonna keep doing these um and then when we started because we haven't been reworking for. ages i mean we've only started reworking in the last year so that's when Mm. you know we i started posting photos of the crop tops and stuff like that and then yeah it it was kind of just a snowball effect um and yeah we've used i think two influencers of the whole time i've had instagram wow two influencers that's it and yeah. one post per influencer yeah. so we've not really used influencers my mum always nags me saying come on you need to send stuff out you need to send stuff out and I'm I'm really lazy with it and I'm quite you know I should do it but it, it has been really an organic growth.
1: <laughs> mm. It's That's a really good point that you've made there because I think a lot of people and you know Instagram influencers do an amazing job you know that's that's what they do so you can't knock people having that career however I think what is really apparent and we've covered it slightly is the fact if you get the product right and the audience right then you're going to sell product you know and it's your audience really that it seems to me as if it's your audience that are the influencers. exactly exactly I
2: mean our customers engage with us so much and you can't get Mm. a more a genuine review from someone that's actually bought a product rather than someone that you're paying mm. to give you a review or someone that you've given free products yeah. to if somebody if a customer posts the photo that they've actually paid you know paid for this product and they want to rave about mm. it you know that that is such a genuine and sincere review and experience um yeah,
1: yeah. and what about instagram how have you found it is, is there anything that you absolutely love about it I mean, or is there anything you don't like about it
2: um it can be such a positive place and just not even just from running a business from it you know generally it can be such a positive place but at the same time it can be such a negative place as well um but in terms of running a business I love Instagram and I love engaging with my customers but in terms of um customer service it's difficult because we get Mm. hundreds of messages per day and it's trying to kind of respond to the messages that are not spam (laughs) and genuine kind of um, inquiries about an order Um, so that can be quite difficult managing that and um, I've been struggling with that at the moment you know
1: and would you would you consider? I know you've got your own website, yeah. and I'm sure you know you're going to develop that yeah. moving forward. But is that is that something that you possibly are going to kind of invest more time and effort in? And the reason why I say that it's, you know, these things are wonderful, and, and these social media platforms are are amazing. However, if the algorithms do change, or there is something which kind of deters. Yeah your business in in a negative way you know I think sometimes you can get a little bit of a you can get a bit of a cold definitely and then your business is is kind of re engineer itself elsewhere so your own website is that something you're going to develop 100%
2: I think that's something I'm going to look look into within the next because I've done the website all myself (laughs) so um I think maybe within the next six months to kind of look at the website and really um improve that
1: yeah Mm. And what about, I, mean, I want to ask a little bit, actually, about the whole reusability and re-engineering of stuff yeah. and everything else. Because what is it about that that you've, you feel kind of develops the business and kind of puts your values out into the world?
2: Oh, I'm just so passionate about the reworking because I just look at the products and I think, wow, this product had a life before we've reconstructed it. And mm. now it's going to have a life as a completely new thing and you know you've not used any new materials it's just it really excites me and obviously you know the sustainability aspect to that is just so appealing to our customers um yeah
1: (laughs) are there any other brands that kind of inspire you to kind of do more yeah
2: there's a couple of brands that I really love um there's a brand run by a girl called Grace Beverly called We Are Taller and that's um okay. gym wear that's made from recycled materials. So I really like that brand. She's I, I think she's 23 actually. And she actually Whoa. um she's got like over a million followers. And um she actually um did she was one of our influencers. She uh we sent her some stuff and she did a post for us. And I remember that day the website went crazy. But she's got um, a really cool business. I've bought some stuff from her. Um, the products turned up, and they had you know that swing tag on on products. It was actually yeah. plantable. The swing tag, which I thought was so oh, cool. cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I really like that company. And have you heard of Lucy and Yak? Yeah, yes, Yak. I ask, yeah. I I really yeah. like I really like their story and their ethics and everything. Yeah. So yeah, there are a couple of brands that I really look up to and. uh,
1: yeah. Mm. That's cool. I mean, it's great to look at other people and not replicate no. what they do, but put your own spin on things, you know, and I think it's, uh, it's always good to do that. So so what kind of mistakes have you made? What would you have done gosh. differently, Abby? Is there anything over the last couple of years you think? Oh, gosh, I've
2: made plenty. I've made plenty. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a learning curve, isn't it? Um, mm.
1: oh,
2: you know, things like I did, I remember once I did a big order with a, a wholesaler, and I'd not kind of researched them, and just being naive and young, and yeah. not doing my research, and the stuff turned up, and it was shit. Sorry for swearing. Oh,
1: that's all right, no problem. You're the first person to swear oh my on my gosh, podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so which, sorry. Congratulations. No, it's fine. It's absolutely fine.
0: Go on. Honestly, on.
2: it was it was rubbish. So, and that was a massive learning curve because I spent a load of money. And it turns out the person that kind of um, owned the business wasn't a very nice person, blah, blah, blah. I won't get into it. But, Mm. you know, that was just Mm. a learning curve for me. You know, you've got to do your research.
0: Yeah,
1: getting that supply chain is really important. I suppose also building the relationships with with your sources yeah, as well, isn't
0: it? Yeah,
2: that's it. I mean, I've got wholesalers now, and they're brilliant. They'll take the time to speak to me on the phone for however long I need, and all of that. And it's taken me years to find the wholesalers I've got now. And in the vintage community, yeah. everyone's like quite secretive about you know the wholesalers and you know because it's really competitive, okay. isn't it? So
1: yeah so is is that the thing then is everyone just kind of keeping their kind of powder dry with regards to where they get their supplies from uh
2: well yeah because it's still second-hand clothes mm. and there's you know there's only a certain amount and some wholesalers have great quality and it's like it's grade a b c so grade a is the best and great yeah. to see it be like damaged. You know, we sometimes buy damaged stuff because we can re- rework it and reconstruct it. But yeah, ju- you just learn, being in this business, you learn there's some bad eggs in terms of wholesalers and the ones yeah. you know, the ones to avoid. Um, but yeah, it's a, it was a lot of trial and error for me, definitely
1: right and what about kind of further afield I mean have you got any aspirations to go and live in London or Tokyo or LA or I mean what's what's your kind of future where are you, how are you gonna where are you gonna live Abby? Where would yeah you like
2: to go? I know I think about this a lot you know um <laughs> it all sounds so glamorous <laughs> you know it,
1: but you're in western I, super I, yeah, come on it, girl live the dream exactly
2: but I'm still an online business and yeah. my overheads would only become a you know so much more expensive that yeah, only course, rise, yeah. and I you know running from western, my overheads are low, and mm-hmm. I can charge what I charge for my products, and I mean I've got a very young market as you can see, yeah, and sometimes they still complain that the products are too expensive, and I'm like, I really? cannot go yeah. any lower I'm you know,
1: yeah
2: I've got people to pay, I've got you know my my offices, you know I can't mm-hmm. you know go any lower um so i just don't know if i moved somewhere like london um i don't know how much i'd have to kind of raise my products
1: yeah to i mean that. i think yeah yeah i mean it's it's not going to be of any benefit to to you Operating, is it really? No. To to be fair, because you've got an online business. Exactly. You could be anywhere in the world or on any beach in the world, couldn't you? Exactly. Which would be cool. And Um, what about other products then? So, have you, I would imagine, what percentage of your business is in women's wear? So, as as a rough.
2: Yeah. I'd say at the moment about 80%. So, we are, yeah, yeah, we are trying to branch out to men, which is actually really challenging for us at the moment Mm. because our following is just all women um yeah. so yeah we're really trying to work on that and um something that we've we're going to really push within the next couple of months because we just want to be a vintage brand you know we just want to yeah. cover all bases really um yeah. obviously we just specialize in the reworking but um yeah, maybe even like doing some men's reworking as well. That would be quite exciting. Yeah, that would be
1: cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would you think of a brand a rebrand? Would you would you keep it vintage apps or would you go down a different route? But you'd have to tell me what it might be. No. Would, is that something that you've considered?
2: Yeah, again, I've been toying with the idea of changing the name and rebranding. Everyone's like, mm. no, don't do it. It's you, it's you. Like you set yeah. up the brand. But it's like in terms of like scalability do I still want to be vintage ads you know if Mm. I want to open a chain of stores or whatever like do I still so I want all the stores to be called vintage ads I don't know again it's a lot to think about and yeah I do Mm. I have I you know I definitely um I definitely take it into consideration though
1: yeah again that's that's a big conversation isn't yeah. it a big a big move to make yeah um yeah. I mean vintage abs kind of does what it says on the yeah. tin, isn't it to some yeah. extent you know it's working for um, now you know yeah I've got vintage abs they're under my, my vintage <laughs> belly at the moment oh do you know <laughs> <What's> what <now? laughs>
2: that's so funny you saying that because we get so many tags and, on Instagram of people's abs
1: Really, yes. <laughs> okay.
2: and I'm like um <laughs> I have to keep removing thanks for sharing removing yeah. the kind of tags of people's abs like after a workout and I'm like why are you tagging vintage abs
1: <laughs> that's so cool that's so cool so I mean you mentioned earlier about your, your family and your friends being so supportive but I think going back to your audience there I mean is there anything I mean it's difficult Abby because when you're an online business, and I think what well, what I'm going to be struggling with, kind of getting over to people, you know, with before stores, is um, just kind of the person behind the, the, the web platform. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think most of the industry, because obviously e-commerce is what it is, it's so transactional. And it's really important for you to get over your message as you, because you are you and you are the business, you know? And is there any message that you would like to give to your kind of audience that have supported you?
2: Yeah, I think I'm just kind of really grateful um, that people are so invested in not only the products, but the brand as well. And, you know, every time we uh, post something, we get engagement and feedback and for example, like last month, we brought something on the website called offset, um, which basically for, uh, we're charged a fee depends on how many orders we ship out. And um, then this is used to plant trees to offset CO2 emissions, okay. as all our like shipping emissions. Um, and just like the response we got from that was just incredible. And, mm. and I remember the day we did that, we got so many, so many sales. And I just think i'm I'm just so lucky that I. I think that our customers don't just care about the way they look, I think they care about the stuff that I care about, if that makes sense yeah, I, that makes perfect yeah sense. <laughs> i think I think they're just yeah, I don't know <laughs> I don't know no, how, that's I great. don't know how to explain it, but I just think they're they it's not just about what they're wearing. It's
1: so much yeah. more than that. No, that's cool. That's really cool. Well, I you know, it's just been an absolute pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure in talking to you, Abby. And I think it's I wish you all the success in the world. I think you're doing an amazing job. You really are. I'm not just saying that. It's um it's a difficult game, this industry, you know, and it's it's full of joys and full of really low lows. But, um, you know, I think you've got a great attitude and what you're doing in the way that you're doing it is, is, is superb. So is there anything that you, um, I mean, how can the listeners kind of reach out to you?
2: Yeah, so we're um, on Instagram at Vintage Abs um, and we're also on Pinterest. I've recently gone on Pinterest. It's quite an exciting place, actually. Um, yeah. We're on Facebook. So we're on all the social platforms. Um, yeah, just type in Vintage Jabs. And then you can find our website at www.vintagejabs.com. Um, Perfect. But, yeah, you can message me on Instagram. I try and respond. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, give the girl a break. Yeah, She's got a lot to do. Yeah. So, but,
2: that's um, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, you can find us on all socials, really. And we're quite interactive. Really? We post a lot of stories. And we like to get our customers involved. Um we love, like I said, we love people tagging us in photos and mm. yeah. So
1: amazing. Good. <laughs> All right, my lovely. Well, thanks again. Um, really appreciate your time. Oh, thank and, you so uh, much for having yeah. me. <laughs> You're very welcome. It's been a delight, an absolute delight. <laughs> and we'll catch up soon. We'll try and hunt that lady down as well. Yes, from, definitely. Uh, the scan. Definitely. That's a little little task that we need <laughs> to look at. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Okay, Abby, take care. Thank and, you. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So that was Abby from Vintage Abs. I hope you enjoyed that fascinating story, as I say. Um, Please check her out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, She's got a brilliant business. Go find her on Instagram or on her website. She'd love to hear from you. I know she's really into connecting with her audience, so that's all good. Thanks, Abby, for your time. Oh, and guess what? Guess who I managed to track down?
2: Hi, Abby. This is Katie Beth from ASOS Marketplace. And I know that you mentioned that Being part of ASOS Marketplace was something that really made a difference to how much your brand has grown over the years. I remember discovering you on Depop and thinking, you've got amazing style, you've got some great stock, and I could really see the beginning of a brand that was something that was going to grow. So I'm just so happy and excited to hear that. Uh me discovering you has had a small part in your future and how much um vintage abs has grown so yeah i've always followed your brand, and I look forward to continue to watching you grow over the years and um, I'm wishing you all the best for the future bye.
1: How lovely was that for Katie Beth to get involved and leave such a sweet message for Abby? Thank you, Katie Beth, and I hope you enjoyed that, Abby. It was a brilliant show, and um, thanks again for your time. So next time, I had the delight of speaking to two guys from Mexico recently, and they are Adrian and Marta from the brand Deserto. It's quite an interesting one, this, because these guys produce vegan leather, But their product is cactuses, so they produce leather from cactuses. Unbelievable stuff. Anyway, tune in next time if you're interested. I'd love to see you. Um, Thanks for your support, and I'll speak to you soon. Take
0: care. Bye. Behind the Brands was brought to you in association with BeforeStores.com. Go check it out. You can discover new brands, meet the makers and their products before they go into stores. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to leave us a review. We'd really appreciate your feedback. You can also subscribe for future episodes by tapping the follow button wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, keep learning, keep listening and keep creative.